literally an institution in this town of digging up old photos, old stories, collections, everything you can imagine under the sun about this great city. Greasy spoons, dives, old clubs. If you love this city, you're going to love it even more. Real people, real stories, real places. This is the Austin Found Podcast. Welcome back to the show. Thanks for joining us. I'm J.B. Hager. I'm Michael Barnes. We're with the Austin American Statesman, and writing about music is not your typical forte, Michael. No, I mean, I, I've always loved live music, but I, we've always had really, really talented music writers here at the Statesman. Generally, I am not called upon. <laughs> but in this case, it's a, it's more about the person behind the music. Right. The, and that person is Mark Erlewine. That's right. Uh, who is a guitar maker. He makes and repairs guitars, and he has done so for lots of really top, top musicians. Yeah, let's look at some of his famous connections. Going back to being an apprentice building guitars, he worked on instruments that went to Jerry Garcia, Albert King, and Otis Rush. And then later, he created or repaired guitars, custom guitars, for John Lennon, Bruce Springsteen, Sting, Elvis Costello, Bo Diddley. John Winter, Joe Walsh, a lot of people. Bob Dylan. That's insane. <laughs> that, that's just amazing. He be, kind of became the go-to guy if, if an artist was on the road and their guitar needed attention. They'd track I, him down. Yes, and at one point, his studio was right across the street from where they record Austin City Limits. And so... They, they, oh, know, the, 30th and Guadalupe. He the, was a, a block or two away. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. And he, so he... They knew where to find him. <laughs> yeah, run down and have Mark take a look at this guitar. We right. got to play tonight, right? Right. Probably the most famous guitar. Yes. With, in, I'd say nine out of ten Austinites. If you said the guitar trigger, they know what you're talking about. Yeah, Willie Nelson. That's Willie's beat up, uh, survived a fire guitar with a big <laughs> hole in it. And Mark, to this day, is the man that keeps Trigger going. Yeah, absolutely. He, he you know, back in the 70s when he started uh, working on Trigger, he, he, when he met Nelson at the Austin Opry House bar, he told Mark, just keep Trigger going. I'll, I'll keep going as long as Trigger keeps oh, going. That's awesome. <laughs> that's now, story. where is Mark from, though? Well, he's from all over the place. I mean, he, he got here in the early 70s. Right. But he, he had lived a lot of places because his parents had jobs that took him to different places. So, But he's from mostly the upper Midwest. He, he was, you know, uh, kind of not going anywhere with his life when he was able to. He was exploring, you know, mm -hmm. the world. I mean, he... He, it, this is the 60s, and so... Um, and, and I think it, it, he was in Ann Arbor at, 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 at this time, right? Uh, and if and I started thinking, connecting some dots here, you know, you probably had a lot of similarities at the time, yes. in, you know, with the late 60s, the hippie era, mm -hmm. the hippie movement in Ann Arbor, a university town in Austin, Texas. Right. Probably had some similar vibes. Right, and... 
he was in a band. Everybody was in a band. And one of his former band members said, you got to come down to Austin. Austin is the place to be. You'll find a lot of people like us in Austin. Isn't that funny? That same conversation happens daily, <laughs> doesn't it? You got to come to Austin. And he was also doing repairs for a national guitar repairing service. So he could be located anywhere in Austin was a good place for him to transfer. They wanted him in the, to cover the South, right? I, I believe that's true. And then he opened his own studio. You you mentioned the one of them was like Guadalupe and 30th and right next to a massage parlor. <laughs> and for people who are too young to remember, massage parlors were brothels. And so <laughs> for the most part, one time he he saw this guy rushing out of the massage parlor, Vicky's massage parlor and the women came out and said he's he robbed us he robbed us so he chased him down an alley behind the old El El patio yeah yeah Yeah. which is you can come up on this show too yeah yeah and the guy pulls out a big gun and he you know mark just goes uh Sorry. I'm, never mind. Never mind. <laughs> Not going to tackle the gun. Uh, that's wild. That's the, was it in that same sh- sort of strip where like Antone's Records has, has yeah. survived and all right, of that? Wow. Right. That little strip still feels very old, awesome, unaffected, yeah. right? Yeah. From there up to El Patio. Right. Very cool. And when he also was being lured down by that friend, the, the cost of living was pretty appealing because he bought a house for eight grand. <laughs> Eight grand. Yeah. Just uh, painting a picture of the time, another episode that you should go check out is the, a recent one we did on um, on Austin Aquafest. That, that's what sort of rained. That and the Armadillo World Headquarters. Right. And Aquafest. So when he settles in Austin and uh, not only, you know, building guitars, but playing steel guitar around town, where might he have been playing at the time when he got Well, there? it would have been the Broken Spoke, Soap Creek Saloon, Armadillo World Headquarters. Plus Jay's Lounge and the Cockpit. I don't know those two. <laughs> yeah, they haven't come up on our show. Yeah, yeah. the last. Well, two, one but... of our readers will. Whenever we have a question ourselves, our readers let us know. Yeah, especially if it has a music history. Yeah, um, I think that's that's really important. And at some point, he moved from Guadalupe because rent. I think his rent, <laughs> you shared that his rent went from. Uh, barely over a hundred dollars <laughs> from when he first got yeah, it was one hundred thirty-five dollars, right? To you know uh, something more like thirteen hundred dollars right. a month. But he had to relocate, and that's where he's been ever since. Yeah, it's a, on Burnett Road, and he rents out the front building, and his studio is in the back. So, so it's located on, on the little uh, uh, angled part of Burnett Road that's south of Forty Fifth. It's Right near a beautiful little park, and the place is a wonderland because not only are there, you know, great posters and great examples of his work, but all the tools that he uses are fascinating. And you the know. materials, I yeah, bet. Yeah, all these kinds yeah. of things that, that you you really are just want to know, what does that do? <laughs> like hole punches and needle nose pliers and truss rod fret wire crimpers wire benders <laughs> picks files you got pliers. quite an education on guitars going through there well you know he's a very sweet man and he answers 
questions that you know from somebody who doesn't know anything about any of those mm-hmm. kinds of tools. It's just another one of those stories that, that that you've shared where I I just would love to know if I'm sitting next to them in a cafe or something <laughs> and say hi, like yeah. just out of appreciation for who they are as Austinites. I right. think it's it's really, really cool. Well, who knows? When we finally are able to have guests, maybe he'll come on our show sometime. I know. I, I would love that. At the time of your writing this for Indelible Austin, he estimates he has built two, two to 300 custom guitars. That's, that's a big range. It's probably more than that. Yeah. And over 1,000 production models have gone up, and they're not cheap. No. Custom models go for 4,500 or up. Oftentimes... Musicians, serious musicians, can't afford them. It's oftentimes, you know, the guy who's a lawyer by day and oh. plays in a band at night who, <laughs> who can afford them. The guy that just picks around on the yeah, weekend, and, and, right? And yeah, and those production models are, are of his patented designs because yeah. he, he has one that is doesn't have the uh, top on it. It's, it's a, called a laser, and it, it, it's very popular. But most people really like the classic designs, the Les Paul, the Telecaster, the Stratocaster, and so they're looking for something like those. They're looking for how it sounds and not necessarily how it looks. Mark Erlewine, a bit of an Austin treasure, and still, as of today, 2020, he's living in the Deep Eddy neighborhood. Yes, he is. He's been there for some time. He has arthritis, Mm. and so it takes a lot of strength to kind of bend all these things and stretch them and all that and work the wood. So he slowed down a little bit. From all evidence, he's still going strong. I can't help but think that if a lot of famous guitar players, as they come through Austin, which many, many do in normal times, that Mm -hmm. they they stop in to visit this guy. I bet it happens often. Oh, I'm sure. Absolutely. Wow. And that is out of Volume 3 of Indelible Austin. Pick up your copies today. At Book People, and they will ship, and they also have a very safe curbside service for those of you who, who are listening to this much later. This is still during the pandemic. Although their shop is open, they're available at other places, but we know that Book People is shipping, and we know that they're open. And support local. Support local. Whenever you can. If there's an option to buy local, do it. Absolutely. And again, thanks for tuning in. Pass this on to your friends. Tell them you've uh, started listening to Austin Found. Send them a link to one of the episodes. Uh, we've seen from the trends of listenership, it's like when you, when you guys discover one episode, it looks like you jump in and listen to all of them, <laughs> like, which we really appreciate. The woman who emailed us last week who, who had discovered Austin Found on a road trip from Portland, Oregon to Austin and listen to all the episodes, the whole thing. (laughs) Well, we appreciate you tuning in and passing it on to your friends. Thank you. Thank you.